You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. It's game week, guys. We made it. Tons of stuff to get into. A whole bunch of stuff has actually happened since the last time we recorded. We've seen some transfers. We've seen a depth chart. Another transfer. Tyler, take it away. Well, I think the biggest news out of Husker land is that we have a starting quarterback, one Adrian Martinez. And uh, I am pretty happy right now that I changed my pick about a month ago to hop on the Adrian Martinez bandwagon. Uh, yeah, I think with, with what we have heard about what he does from a speed standpoint, his athleticism we saw in the spring, I am so psyched for him to emerge this fall. Can I also add it's always fun to have Justin wrong? Like, it just makes a podcast more fun when he's wrong. Well, J- Justin doesn't ever change his opinion. Like, he jumps on a like, subject, and he won't change. So he, he was he's still probably thinking Jebby is still going to be the starter somehow. <laughs> so uh... Give him time, guys. Give him time. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about these transfers here. Derek, tell us all about these transfers. We had transfers? Come on. Huh. First time I hear about this. I I, I did hear Avery Roberts is going to Oregon State. Uh, He wants to go play for Trent Bray again. I I guess, whatever. He wasn't going to get playing time here anyway. You hate to see a kid leave this close to the season, but hey, it is what it is, right? Isn't it strange the number of transfers that we've had right before the game? I mean, here we are a week and a half away and a bunch of guys jump ship. And let's just let's get to it. You know, we'll mention some of the other guys, but let's get into let's get into the meat of it, right, Derek? Tristan Gebbia. Transferring. Now we find out tonight he's going to Oregon State along with Avery Roberts. Uh he wants to go play for a coach that was recruiting him in high school. So that kind of makes sense. But it's Oregon State. Derek, how do you feel about this? Well, we'll get into how I feel in just a second. I also learned tonight that Mike Riley is still there as an analyst or analytics guy or something until spring or until after the season's over. Then he's going to go to his new job. So I see why you picked Oregon State, maybe. Oh, how I feel about this. We've had long discussions about this the last couple nights. Uh, Full disclosure, before everybody jumps on me and starts yelling at me for this, I want to say I don't fault Tristan Jibia for transferring, okay? I get why he's transferring. He was not going to play here unless there was an injury. That was the only chance he had at playing. Uh, The timing of this is garbage. This guy, a week before the game, not even a week, five days before the game, and the day after he finds out he's not starting, takes his ball and goes home. This is a... Just garbage. Like you could have, you could have waited till the end of the season. I, I don't. I, I would like to say you could have transferred during the spring because we all kind of knew he wasn't going to fit this offense. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't blame him for not wanting to leave in the spring because he thought he did have a chance. And I think the, I think that to me at least, I think the coaches were very fair about this and gave him a very legitimate shot at being a starting quarterback. Uh. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, he even told uh, Verduzco on Saturday after he got told he was going to be the backup that he was going to come back and he was going to work as hard as he could and he was going to support Adrian Martinez 100%. And then turns around the next day and goes, never mind, I'm leaving. Screw you, I'm out. This was just a baby move. I'm sorry, I I can't support this move at all. I hope he goes to Juco and fades out. Well, just just as much as the fans were, uh, you know, caught off guard and shocked by this, it sounds like the coaching staff was even more shocked by the events that happened there. And it, it is sad. And you, you say, go to JUCO. Are you calling Oregon State a JUCO team? Come on, Derek. You're better than that. Hey. No, you're not. 
Hey, don't 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 forget. He's probably not going to win the starting job there, and he'll take his ball and go home then too. Wow, Tyler, bring some sanity. Well, well, I will start with saying I, I am disappointed in this decision, and I'm disappointed in the sense that I would love to be uh, in an age where the kids showed loyalty to programs. But I'm sorry, it's not the 70s anymore. So you old guys, like, get off your horses a little bit and say, back in my day, kids showed loyalty to the school. It's a business now. You know, go down the last eight years of Nebraska quarterbacks we've recruited, okay? If you don't start, you either change positions or you leave. That's your two options. That is what has happened in this modern age of football. And it's not just Nebraska. Since 2000, all three star and above quarterbacks from 2011 to 2014, 50% of them ended up transferring from the school they committed to. Okay, 50%. That is a fair point. But they did not leave a week before the game started. The timing and the screwing of the team is what irritates me. It's not the transferring. That's what but, I'm trying to get across to you. It's not the transferring that's bothering me. It's doing it the day after you find out you weren't going to be the starter and, the, and, and right before a game. Just come on. Well, okay, so, so if he would have found out he wasn't going to be the starter three weeks ago, he may have transferred then. He found out. It's not like he's been sitting with this knowledge for three weeks and he's trying to sleep. He made a pretty quick decision as soon as he found out the information. I, I hate the timing of the whole thing. And, you know, maybe, maybe Scott Frost and the coaching staff, maybe that they'll handle it different down the road, whether they don't release who the starting quarterback till, you know, closer to game day, or if they do it in three weeks advance. I hope it would be earlier in this lesson because if they would have announced it three weeks ago and then Jebbia leaves, then you could have gotten Bunch or Masker spun up. But uh, as far as the timing goes, Jebbia was eating up a whole bunch of snaps and reps that could have gone to somebody else that wanted to be here. And so that's the part that makes it angry about Because now we have one scholarship-eligible quarterback. Uh, that's it. And then we have Bunch and Masker sitting there on the sideline. So that sucks, man. We're in a terrible position. And Tyler, you kind of mentioned this last week or the week before about how you know, you weren't convinced that our quarterback situation was very good and you thought that we might be weak. We're definitely more weak there because there is no depth. If somebody gets knocked out, you know, if you have to go to that third quarterback spot and get Masker in there, oh my God, what, what does that do to your season? It's not oh, going to be great. It's not going to be great if Bunch has to come in yet. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and name me the last time Nebraska hasn't had to bring in a backup quarterback. Last year, we didn't have too much, yes. We only had to do it for a half of a game. But, you know, what? I mean, any other year outside of that one, how many times have we not had to have a game or two with a, with a backup quarterback? D- Derek, that, that, this is this myth right now that Huskers fans have been like, we need a backup quarterback. Out of the last nine seasons, six of them, whoever started the very first game, played every game that season. I'm not saying the backup hasn't come in there. But six out of the last nine seasons, whoever started the first game has played every game. There has been three seasons where we've had to have to start a backup quarterback. Uh, two times um, in the re- recent three years, we had to start uh, uh, Riker Fife one game and two games. Okay, and Then we had the fiasco with Taylor Martinez's senior season where we ended up having to start uh, uh, Tommy Armstrong multiple games. There's been one substantial game we've had to go to our backup quarterback. Like... This is not something we've had to do a huge amount of in recent memory. I mean, I, I it's just there's this myth out there. You have to go back really besides Sam Keller getting hurt. This next time we had a substantial backup quarterback thing. It, it's just not happened. But aren't you the one that always tells me I should be so concerned because Adrian Martinez was hurt all of last year with a shoulder injury? Like that, yes. that's a big concern, right? Yes. You so, should so be concerned about how he's go going to play. I, I again, my I, my thing is this: is Adrian Martinez or is probably statistically going to play a majority of these games? Okay, I am not counting on being injured. Now, am I nervous because he hasn't played college football or high school football in over twelve months live? 
yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. But if I'm Jebbia, I'm not sitting there, and I hope he wouldn't be thinking this, saying, well, you know what, there's a fairly decent shot, you know, uh, Martinez gets hurt. I Here's what I think happened, guys. I think he found out he wasn't going to be a starter. He wanted to do the right thing. He got home. He called his dad. He called his buddies. He, he sat, and they started saying, if you want to play college football next year, you can't be at Nebraska. He's not going to play next year anyway. Why not? He's eligible. Because he left when he next did. Year. No, he's eligible next season because he left when he did. If he would have stayed at Nebraska, he would have had to sit out next year. But maybe, this decision, maybe if he would have stayed at Nebraska, he could have got on the field and got a little film and got into a better school than Oregon State. I don't think that was going to happen, but... I mean, it's, I mean, these kids, I mean, maybe he could have got a better school, but like this, this was a, as much as it sucks for the team. And as much as I wish he would have had the character to say, you know what? I committed to these coaches and these players. I was going to be here. I'm going to see the season through. I wish he would have taken that route. At the end of the day, I get it. Like you have all these outside influences and it helps your career by transferring when he did. Tyler, do you think this screwed over move. Nebraska? Sorry, Justin, go ahead. Tyler, do you think this this decision screwed over Nebraska? No. Really? So our quarterback I, I, depth is fine. I, I I would say this screwed over. No, I don't think it's fine. Okay, if Tris and I'm glad this didn't happen, but if Tristan Jebbia had tore his ACL on Sunday as opposed to transferring, he was the backup quarterback. I wouldn't have been like, oh, our season's done because our backup quarterback's not here. Like, it's not... Of all the things that could happen, like think about where we are right now. We are as healthy as I've seen a Nebraska team going into the season. We are complaining because a guy who is probably not going to play, our game plan is he doesn't see the field. We're upset that he is no longer there. All right, let me try this analogy out. Let's say the three of us, we uh, lease a house for a year, okay? And then I'm at work. And I don't get the promotion that I want. And so I, that first week of the lease, I say to you guys, hey, I'm peacing out. I'm going to take this job in Seattle. Peace out. Good luck with that lease. Would I screw you guys over? Okay, so uh, in that analogy, Justin, what you are is if the three of us had a house together, which, by the way, that would suck. But <laughs> if, oh, it would be a blast. There would be a lot of beer it, drink. And this analogy is you are one of the guys in the house when we lease together, and you're not paying rent. And so you leave. That doesn't screw me over because you weren't contributing anything anyways. Jebbia was not contributing anything to the on-field unless unless Martinez got injured. How would he have not been contributing in that situation? Because I'm assuming he's paying a third of the rent. He's going to be. I was assuming this when I signed the lease. Yeah, you would assume that. But at the end of the day, he wasn't screwed me over because now i got to cover a third of his lease. Okay, this analogy is stupid, Justin, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the analogy is just is not paying rent, and he decides to move. That's what Jebbia was doing. He wasn't paying really? rent. He wasn't producing plays. At, at the, he at was the a backup. Day, at the end of the day, it was a selfish move by a young kid who thought nothing of his decision was going to affect anybody but him. And so he called Dad and said, I want to transfer. And Dad, apparently being the California guy he is, said, yeah, that's a good idea. I, it is what it is. I mean, good luck to you, I guess, but... If you don't want to be here, screw you. So last week, Tyler, you were pretty adamant that we'd be playing two quarterbacks. And we had this uh, debate last week, you know, going back and forth. And so it was kind of a big deal last week, you know, playing two quarterbacks to see who goes. And now it, it's like no big deal with you. I think- the, coach, the coaches said we weren't. They said we had a starter. I thought there was a shot last week that they would have said, hey, we these two are neck and neck. We, we need to play them both. That's we not had, what the coaches said. That's not what we, the coaches said. They have we a had that conversation. Guy. We had that conversation last week because of the possibility that would play two quarterbacks last week. And they and they had they did not allude to that fact that they were going to do that. And I, I do believe I, I didn't hear anything that made them seem like they weren't going to. All they did was just give a depth chart that had Adrian Martinez on top. Now there's no there, there's a there. lot. Okay, but there's a lot of oars. There's a lot of oars, and there wasn't one there. That's true. That is true. Okay, so uh, moving on from this slightly, so now uh, Scott Frost is kind of pursuing Noah Vedro, trying to get him eligible with the NCAA. He's kind of doubling down on that. Uh, 
Tyler, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I hope he can. I mean, I, I honestly like Andrew Bunch as a backup quarterback. You know, I just talked about how I, you know, I'm hopeful that Adrian Martinez is going to be able to play all 12 games. History backs that up. Um, and, and if he can't, I like Andrew Bunch. I think he's a better version of Riker Fife. Um, I, so I feel confident that he's going to be in there. Um, yeah, no, Vedra will be great depth, but I hopefully we won't need a third string quarterback. Derek, don't you think it's kind of ironic with all of Scott Frost's previous statements talking about how he hates, you know, changes the transfer rule where, you know, he doesn't want players to become immediately eligible at their next school and that, you know, he shouldn't have to recruit players on his own roster. Wouldn't it be ironic if Scott Frost pulled this through for Noah Vedrill, got him in there, and he becomes the precedent for players leaving schools, following their coaches to uh, become immediately eligible. What do you think about that? You're right. This is a slippery slope. And as much as I think Nebraska could use the depth with Noah Vedrill, and Tyler, I don't don't know that Andrew Bunch automatically wins the backup if Noah Vedrill becomes eligible. But at any rate, we can debate that another time. I, I think I think the problem with this is if you open that door and every player, especially now, I mean, Tristan Jibby is a perfect example. Like, he didn't get his way. He's going to go home. He's going to go somewhere else. And how many other times are kids going to do this? And it's not just a quarterback. It's every position. Like, my coach yelled at me, I don't want to be here. How, how many times is this going to happen? And if, if this rule becomes uh, – available then what's going to stop them like right now they have to at least think about it like do i really want to sit out a season or it's a slippery slope and i i know why scott frost doesn't want to open that door but jebby is kind of forcing his hand in that and i and this sucks although i will say this tyler you called it uh troy walters today mentioned uh they asked him about a fourth string quarterback and he said they would have to talk about it, but Cam Taylor has played quarterback. So you did call it. I'll give you credit on that. Congratulations for being right once. Break, break in case of emergency quarterback. And, and again, Adrian Martinez is a tough kid. We'll be fine. We won't need a third-string quarterback. Uh, so that definitely took the, the spotlight as far as the depth chart goes. But let's get go ahead and talk about the rest of the depth chart. Uh, Tyler? Well, I think the last big piece of news before the depth chart gets in there is Trey Bryant has retired from football. Um, there was reports a couple weeks ago about his health coming around, and then there was a setback with the injury. And, you know, here's a kid, you know, you say what you will about Jebbia, but at the end of the day, here's a kid who gave his all to Nebraska, and it sucked he's not going to be able to play. I, I was really hopeful that he was going to be an impact player, and I think when you look at the depth at running back, He's a guy that will be missed this fall. You know, his uh, his retirement from football really got lost in the shuffle this weekend, you know, with uh, all the news with the uh, Jebbia leaving and Adrian Martinez. And you're right. that That is really sad news to hear. You know, we've heard all about his knees potentially being really bad. But, wow, to hang up football, I know that's tough for him. It's uh, tough for those people on the team. I mean, it's a sad situation. I, I hope he uh, sticks around, though. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a kid who's got a little heart, and he played as hard as he could, unlike Jebbia, who unfortunately has bad knees. <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel absolutely horrid for this kid. Like, I, I think this kid worked hard, and just – Whatever. I mean, God will his knees did weren't weren't there, and it's scary for the guy. Like you know, I mean, you can't blame him. Like life, life has to go on beyond football. So, good good luck to him, and I hope he sticks around and kind of does whatever he can around the team. Yeah, maybe he becomes a towel boy or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Hey. All right, from here on out, we're going to play a drinking game. Every time Derek brings up Jeb, yeah, we're going to take a drink. Okay. You're going to be drunk. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you're going to be drunk. Well, you know, the best thing about Jebbia leaving, though, is I don't need to figure out actually how to say his last name. 
Like that, that's the yeah. best thing because I I feel like I say it differently every time I pronounce it, and it, it's I don't have to worry about that moving forward. So is it a hard G or soft G? Hmm. <laughs> All right, everything with him is soft. Go on. Oh dang, Tyler, talk about these uh, other surprises from the depth chart this weekend. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with what uh, one of the big. I I don't know if it was a surprise, but. It was almost alarming when you saw it on paper. Is that at cornerback, um, you know, starters kind of broke as expected with Boodle and uh, Jackson. But you you look at two true freshmen as your backup corners, and you know the coaches have kind of alluded to the fact that uh, you know you're going to be playing most of the starters, and there's not going to be a lot of rotation. But we're going to be very very young at cornerback. Well, it was brought up today that. Boodle is going to be playing the cornerback, or uh, not cornerback, I'm sorry, the nickelback. And so when he slides over to nickelback, Cam Taylor is going to probably come in and play, at least according to Boodle. Now, here's a scary thought for you. You want to talk about two true freshmen, that's fine. Cam Taylor's never played cornerback until he got here at Nebraska about two, what, a month ago? That's a scary yeah. thought. I mean, he played quarterback. Yeah, that's that's kind of goes in line what we've been saying about that defensive back uh position group there uh scary you know we, we got some veterans on there and those none of those veterans are uh taking care of business and it's thrusting these true freshmen into you know potential significant action and so that is pretty dire uh tyler what did you think of no Breon dixon well, I mean, I he, I had him penciled in as a starter. Um, yeah, it, it, it shocked me. You know, Ferguson beating him out isn't like, oh my god, shocking. But you would have thought this kid was going to be in the two deep. Um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I still think this kid is going to find a way to see the field at least a couple times this year. He is athletic. I think he can rush the passer, and I think there will be a couple games where they dial him up with some different packages, but. Um, yeah, there must have been something missing from him day in, day out during the camp. Derek, Breon Dixon was your guy. What did you think when you did not see him in the on the depth chart? You know, you know, you want to talk about irony. Uh, you know, this guy, this kid was another one that fought for immediate eligibility because he got lied to at MS or uh, Ole Miss and this and that. And there was so much controversy about whether he should start or be able to be immediately eligible. Now he's possibly sitting with a redshirt season so he's gonna possibly sit out this season anyway of course he could play in four games i guess uh i I, i'm not sure what to read into this is he a situational guy is he a guy that's facing a red shirt it looks more like the red shirt situation i don't know uh i i actually yes i i claim this guy was gonna be a game changer like i I thought he gave us one extra win because i thought he was gonna be that that important to this defense but I, apparently, I was wrong. So, so just like, Derek, just like you are about Jebia. No, <laughs> drink. All right, the, I didn't uh, bring inside, him up. Tyler did. The inside linebacker position. You know, it, it sounds like we got a really close battle there. There's there's oars right up in there for uh, both inside linebacker slots. Uh, any thoughts on that, Tyler? Well, and Colin Miller, who's your ta- who you're talking about? I mean, I think we all expected Will Honus, uh, Muhammad Barry, and uh, Diedrich Young to all kind of alternate and play those three. Did not see Colin Miller fitting in that equation. Um, kudos to that kid. You know, from all the reports, he, he transitioned from outside linebacker into inside linebacker. And when that happened, I was kind of like, "Isn't our depth a little bit worse at uh, outside linebacker? Let's keep, let's keep him outside." Uh, but no, and, and he moved over to the middle and beat out Avery Roberts. Um, probably led to him transferring. Um, Jacob Widemaster's technically on the roster as a middle linebacker, but I mean he's probably not going to play. But scholarship uh, player, he's on sco- scholarship. He's now. on scholarship now. He's on scholarship. Kudos. He's going to be the yeah, nice to have a scholarship fifth string inside linebacker. So, um, but at the end of the day. Uh, I I couldn't be happy for Colin Miller. I think he and he is a good player. I think he's gonna be a contributor to this defense. Derek, looking at the offense, uh, not a lot of surprises there, but uh, there were a little bit of surprises there at the running back. Uh, what do you think of there? Well, I 
The, my my biggest surprise. I, I know you guys kind of were surprised about Miles Jones making it on there, but my biggest surprise was that there was Greg Bell or Divina Zigbo. Like two weeks ago, I really honestly did not see Divina Zigbo even playing in this offense, right. and for him to be sharing time with the starter, I think that speaks volumes for what that kid has done in the in, in this fall camp, and it shows how hard he worked in the summer. Uh, kudos to the kid. I mean, I hope I hope he has. A hell of a hell of a season. He's a senior, you know. Maybe, maybe he goes out big. Yeah. So you know, the shocking thing to me, and probably not to the people on this podcast, is uh, the absentee of Jalen Bradley and Mikhail Wilbon. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people that followed Nebraska over the last couple of years, uh, last year especially, were probably expecting those two guys to be contributors. Uh, we've heard rumblings for a few weeks now on Mikhail Wilbon and Bradley recently. And, and while those guys, you know, a couple months ago were guys that you thought were going to contribute, they definitely seem to have fallen through the wayside. Um, I, I'll be curious if you see either one of them much this year, unless we get really hurt with injuries. But uh, yeah, I think that that one is one for people that don't follow day to day will probably be a little shocked that those two guys fall by the wayside. One other notable omission on this uh, depth chart initial one was uh, Javion McQuitty. He's not listed at wide receiver, and I thought that was a guy that was definitely going to be there. Well, Troy Waters talked about him today, and you know he kind of sidestepped the question on that, but he, he alluded to the fact that he is still in rotation. Um, we'll find out su- Saturday with Akron. We'll find out if he touches the field or not. I mean, I've heard... A little bit of mixed rumors out there, but um, you know, I, but Justin, you're really high on him. You had him as our top newcomer, even yeah. though he was on the team last year. But he was your top newcomer uh, for this season on offense. So, um, yeah, I'll be curious to see where he lands. Well, I, I think the other thing that Troy Walter said that you have to understand is the only reason they're this depth charts out is because they had to put one out and he, he sees about seven different guys playing. So they're apparently going to play a lot of wide receivers. Uh, you know, the, the, I think the other notable thing about this is, uh, you know, out of the 51 guys that they've added to this roster, 13 of them are on the depth chart total, but there's only a handful that are really on the starters list. And that's uh, Mike Williams, Greg Bell, Adrian Martinez, and Trey Neal. That's that's really the only ones that are first string, anyway. Uh, read read into what you will on the depth chart, I guess. But to, to me, that you only have four guys that are newcomers. I, I think it speaks volumes of the talent that we had here and the buy-in that they've that they've had with this coaching staff. Well, now that we have the roster settled, hopefully there's no more. Uh, you know, people leaving the program. Hopefully the dust will settle. So let's talk about a season preview, if you will. Uh, we've kind of been, we haven't really dedicated an entire episode to a season preview. We've really got into chunks and pieces along the way during the fall. But uh, but let's talk about Nebraska's schedule and how you have it panned out here. Uh, Tyler, uh, how do you see the season unfolding for Nebraska? Well, I, I have Nebraska going seven and five. Um, that's my official prediction. You know, I sat there and I looked at the schedule a lot, and I, I saw really my range was six wins to eight wins. I thought that all of that was possible. Um, so, so when I looked at the schedule, I think we're going to go undefeated in the non-conference. I, I really think. Uh, as of today, there won't be really a competitive game in the non-conference. Um, but unfortunately, when we get to conference play, I don't like our chances. Yeah, I, I end up having us losing at Michigan, at Wisconsin, uh, at Northwestern, at Ohio State, and at home against Michigan State. I think it's going to be a rough year. I do think there's going to be a glimmer of hope at the end of the year because I think Iowa's going to have a pretty good season. And I think we're going to play spoilers to their season at the end. So Iowa's the biggest upset you have on this schedule. 
It is. And and honestly, I think I was going to come into that game uh, the day after Thanksgiving with one, maybe two losses. Um, I think they're going to have a good year and we're going to kind of play spoilers to them and kind of set the tone for the frost era moving forward. Okay. Derek, how do you see the season panning out? I have us going eight and four. I have losses against Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Tyler's favorite team, Iowa. Wow. Okay. I have us going eight and four as well with losses at Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Michigan State. So, Derek, I would just want to bring this to you. Michigan, you think we get it done against Michigan, huh? I think there's a good chance, yeah. I mean, hell, we just had uh, the best chances for an upset, and almost everybody picked Michigan. Yeah. So I don't know why it's so surprising that somebody would actually pick us to beat Michigan. I, I, I went with it. Uh, Michigan's offense is not – I'm not convinced they're great. I'm just not. They got Shea Patterson. I get it. Uh, but their, their struggles were beyond quarterback last year offensively. Their offense just wasn't good. Their defense is going to be stellar, yes. But I, th- I think that we can score – we'll be able to score some points. I think our offense is going to be way better. And I think we'll score some points. Plus, I think we're going to come into that game 3-0. and And I think we'll be full of confidence. And I'm not 100% sure that Michigan's going to be undefeated at that point. So, I, I think I do. I like our chances with it. Derek, I, I, I love your optimism. And I hope to God you're right. But you said Michigan's defense is going to be stellar. I mean, it's going to be the probably the best in the conference. I mean, it, it might be the best in the country outside of Clemson. I mean, their defense is going to be unworldly. They, they're returning two first-team All-Big Ten defenders. Rashawn Gary might be one of the best defensive ends in the country. Um, their, their defense is going to be tough. And you look at our offensive line, I, I don't like our chances in that matchup. Didn't All right, you we're pick gonna... that as one of our best chances of Michigan State? Yeah, Michigan State. Okay. State. Okay. Sorry. All right, so Tyler, you're going to have a chance to defend yourself here because you're the only one of the three of us that had us losing to Northwestern. So, okay, so I, I know there's this adage out there where Nebraska actually plays better at Northwestern. I think that's very fluky. I don't think I don't like that take. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't see that really playing out long term. I don't know how you played better on the road, but we have in the series so far. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be there. But the biggest thing for me is I think Northwestern is a good team. I think they're going to start off slow again because Clayton Thurston is injured right now. Um, but they had a really strong finish to last season. I think by the time Nebraska rolls into town, um, they're going to be full strength. Um, I think also at that point in the season, um, that's the week after at Wisconsin. I think that's going to be a really physical game, maybe the most physical of the season. Um, I, I think that's a game where we are not going to come into 100%. I think it's a coin flip game, and unfortunately we lose. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about fluky stats, and you want to talk about how Adrian Martinez is going to be healthy all this year because, by God, we didn't have to go to backup quarterbacks that very often before, and Jebbia didn't screw us. Because Adrian Martinez is going to be healthy. Drink, ladies uh, and gentlemen. So, we do. We beat Northwestern by an average of 11 points at Evanston. Like We've played them three times since we've been in the Big Ten, and we've beat them every time. We play better there than what than they play better here for whatever reason. And if, and if uh, Mike Riley can go on the road and beat a 10-3 and Northwestern team by 11 points... I sure as hell think Scott Frost can do it. Uh, I think I think Northwestern is the most overhyped Big Ten team. They went ten and three last year. They lost their but they lost their best running back, who took a lot of pressure off of a quarterback who we don't know is going to handle this situation after a torn ACL, and we don't know what he's going to be like in the season. He may be afraid to get hit. We don't know. Well. I agree with Derek, not on everything that he said, but I do agree that uh, we get the win at Northwestern. And back to you, Derek. You're the only one of us that had us losing to Iowa. Why? Iowa's basically got a bye week. They play in Illinois the week before. We're playing Michigan State. 
Simple enough, right there. That's all I got. Wait, I, I, I just said basically the same thing, except we were playing Wisconsin the week before, and and yet, but I was better. Derek, here's the thing. Speed is going to be the enemy of Iowa in this game. Iowa is what Nebraska fans thought of the Big Ten 15 years ago. They are a slow team. Nick Stanley is a good quarterback. I think that's why they're going to have a good year, but they are slow. And Frost is fast. He is going to come in there. Agent Martinez and company are going to come in there late in the year and but, just blow them away. But yet you don't think we'll come in a little sluggish in that game, but we will at Northwestern? What, what's your reasoning behind that? I think Michigan State is not near as a big, uh, good a team as Wisconsin is. I think we might actually have a shot to beat Michigan State. That was the game. I actually think we have a better chance to beat Michigan State than I think we do at beat Northwestern. That's only because it's at home, and I think you're full of garbage, whatever. I, bl- I believe in Memorial Stadium. Northwestern is overhyped. They're going to be probably 7-6 and six this year. So there's, there's another game that I want to touch on here, and uh, all of us had a loss here, but uh, it's kind of an interesting game, and it is that Wisconsin game. Derek, what did you think about that Wisconsin game? You know, I just couldn't quite pull the trigger. I wanted to call that an upset. Here, look, we had the worst coaching staff we've ever had in Nebraska. And in the three years we played them under that coaching staff, we lost by a last-second field goal the first year in a, in a team that didn't even buy in at all to the staff. And then we had the second year we went into overtime and Stanley Morgan didn't catch a ball that you could argue was over his head, was a tough catch, probably still should have caught it maybe. I don't know. See it how you want to see it. And then last year, when the team had pretty much completely given up on him, we were tied with him in the third quarter, but we couldn't play in the fourth quarter because they weren't conditioned enough. Uh, I, 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 they're way more conditioned under Scott Frost. I, th- I think there is a slim chance to a medium chance that we could upset Wisconsin. I like it. Tyler, what are your thoughts on that Wisconsin game? No well, shot? I, yeah. Do I think we have a shot? No, not really. Um, I will always say this. Mike Riley had the most success we've had since going to Madison. Um, you know, Bo Pelini could not show up there to save his life or his job, what ultimately turned out. Um, I, I see Frost and company showing up to Madison a little bit better. But you know what, Derek? This might be the best Wisconsin team Nebraska has faced. And that's saying a lot. I mean, Wisconsin is going to be a really good team this year. Um, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think that's how the season's going to go. Um, it's going to be very competitive in our losses, but I, I just don't think we really have a shot at that upset. And there's also a reason why all three of us took Wisconsin to win the Big Ten last week, too, you know, because they are going to be pretty, pretty damn good. True, but also don't forget that a lot of the reason they're always so good is their defense, and they're only returning four guys on defense as starters. And their defensive line, I, they got one guy who was a, a a offensive lineman two years ago. The other another guy's a walk on, which I don't want to crap on walk ons, but I mean another guy's a walk on. So that's two out of your three guys that I, I aren't weren't great athletes as far as defensive line went. And they lost like half their secondary. I, I, I'm not. I'm not 100 sold. Their defense is going to be as good as what it has in the past. It could be, well, but we'll see how the season pans out. But for now, Akron is coming to town. Seven o'clock game in Lincoln. It's on Fox. It's going to be super exciting. Derek, I will see you in Nebraska for the game. Can't Tyler, wait. I can't believe you're not coming back but you know you're just back in nebraska last week whatever uh tyler what do you think of this akron team here well you know i have a lot of jokes on akron because they were a team when you play ncaa football that they were like the worst team in that game and that's kind of the adage you have with akron but you know terry bowden has gone down there or gone there and turned them into a very mediocre team um you know, after his first season, where he only won one game, they've been about a 500 team. Uh, and this could be as good of an Akron team as he's put on the field. Um, you know, they are returning nine starters on defense. 
Um, and their defense was pretty decent last year. I, I think ultimately, um, while, yeah, they got blown out in a couple of their bigger games, they, they looked okay against Mac. I, I don't see them as a huge threat, but I do think they're going to be good enough to maybe put a couple wrinkles in Nebraska's day. Derek? All right. Stat time. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Buckle your seat. So, weak side linebacker uh, Ulysses Gilbert had 141 tackles last year. Now, just to compare, the ne- the next highest tackles that we face of any defender is uh, Thomas Barber from Illinois, or not Illinois. Uh, I forgot what he play- I forget who he plays for, guys. Anyway, he had 115 tackles, and Patty Fisher from Northwestern who had 113. That that's a huge discrepancy there. Like 141 tackles is amazing, and he yeah, had five that's a sacks lot. and four pass breakups and three interceptions. And he, but here's the stat, guys. Here's the stat that, that's scary. They had 19 interceptions on defense last year, and we're throwing in a green quarterback that hasn't played in over a year. They might pick us off a few times. And, and every one of those defensive backs that had all those interceptions are returning. Yeah, that uh, Kyron Brown, he's a big one right there. And you talked about that L- L- Ulysses uh, Gilbert. And, you know, they're talking that he could be playing on Sundays. Uh, one of the best linebackers out of the MAC. You can say what you want about the MAC. But we got our asses kicked by a MAC team last year. So, uh, yeah, it's. I just think offensively, though, Derek, I think that's where we're going to really uh, get them because their offense just looks pathetic. They got a great receiver with K- that. Uh, Kadarius Smith. Kadarius yeah. Smith could be a guy. He is a deep, deep threat. I mean, the guy, he had over 700 yards last year. He averaged over 20 yards of reception. But can um, Kato Nelson get him the ball consistently? I mean, that's the you know, biggest c- question mark. You know, he, he is a more of a mobile quarterback. Um, he did play some last year. He wasn't the main guy, um, but he was kind of the more of the dual threat guy. Um, you know, he only completed 50% of his passes. But, I mean, are, we all have acknowledge our secondary is our weakest unit on defense. Um, true. You, you know, you put a true freshman in Cam Taylor, you get a matchup here or there. He makes a misstep. I mean, it, it may not take much for him to burn him deep. So, I, I'm with you. I think that our defense is going to look good in this game. I don't see their offense producing a lot. But the other thing about their offense is they run a slow offense. And, you know, you look at this, and if, you know, all of a sudden, Adrian Martinez gets a three and out, a couple three and outs here and there, you know, that that offense of Akron might wear a little bit on this these black shirts if they have the time of possession so much. So... But do they have a running back that can really wear on our defense? Though I don't, I don't think that they have a r- real running back threat. Do they? And I don't think their offensive line is going to be good. I mean, they should lose in the trenches there on that side of the ball, right? You hope so. I mean, at the at the, at the end of the day, this is not a team that should be able to compete with Nebraska. Period. Uh, no, th- I, they have players that you need to watch out for, and I think we've mentioned them. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, even with uh, Ulysses Gilbert, uh, their their uh, defense gave up over five yards of carry last year. So we, we may be able to run the ball over them and not even have to worry about passing. Well, yeah. Penn State kind of screwed with that average. But, guys, am I hearing this right? And I know we're about to get the score predictions, but are you guys potentially seeing this as a game that – maybe is a little bit closer than some of the Nebraska fans think. And maybe the Scott Frost era doesn't get off to the, you know, the, the, the 45 point victory that everyone's thinking about. So the, the Wait, last time, you mean the, the last time we played Akron was Scott Frost game opener in 97. And the score was 59 to 14. I almost predicted that just for shits and giggles, but I didn't. I don't think I would have gotten that reference if you would have. <laughs> I would have brought it up. But but to answer your question, Tyler, no, I, I, I don't. I mean, if you're talking about all four quarters, maybe in the first half, I see them with their defense keeping it close. But 
I just think that their offense isn't going to be enough. Uh, I mean, I don't think they can stay on the field against our defense. And then that'll just put their defense on the field more and more. In the end, it, I think we do roll, but... Uh, well, let's get AJ on here. Let's get some score predictions going. All right, let's let's bring AJ on. All right. And now we bring in cousin AJ. AJ, how's how's everything going? Going great. Thanks for having me on. Sure. All right. Football is here. The season is about to kick off here. What are you excited for most this 2018 season? I'm excited for beer. Uh, I'm just ready for the football to be back on TV. I love watching Husker games, though. So. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you ready to make some picks with us? Yeah, I'll try my best. I'm All pretty right. sure I'm most accurate. So. <laughs> All right. So first game. Northwestern at Purdue, minus one and a half is uh, Purdue. Tyler. Well, this is going to be funny for people that listened uh, and made it this far, but I'm actually going to go with Purdue in this game. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not confident right now Thurston is going to, uh, Thorson is going to play. Um, and if he's not going to play at Purdue, I just ultimately think Purdue is going to win that ball game. Derek. By all accounts, I can read Thorson's been cleared to play. He's been practicing. And while Fitzgerald doesn't want to say he's going to play, he's going to play. Uh, Purdue has lost every game since 2010. Northwestern has a slight edge in talent and more a little more on the experience chart. i got to go with Northwestern on this. I do think they're overhyped, but I, th- I do think they pull out a win in this one. All right, AJ. Yeah, I'm going with Northwestern. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of football for those guys last year, except for the Husker games. So I just did some quick research on stats, and I everything looks like it's going Northwestern's way this time. Uh, I like Purdue. I like Purdue. I, I like where how uh, Jeff Brom is getting this team. Uh, I think they're going to be. They may not have as great of a season uh, this year as last year, but they got a tougher schedule. But they're still going to be tough. Uh, I like Purdue in that one. All right, Derek, coming to you. Number six, Washington at number nine, Auburn. Auburn's two and a half point favorites. This game is in Atlanta. This was probably the toughest game that we picked, that we're going to pick, in my opinion. Uh, This is truly a coin flip game, guys. Uh, I, I, I almost went with Auburn just because it's in Atlanta. But I think that Washington has a slightly better quarterback, and they have a little more returning as far as offense and defense goes. So I went with Washington just for that. They, I think they have the edge on quarterback. AJ? Yeah, it was a coin flip in my book, too. I lived in northwest Florida for a long time, so I just went with a hometown favorite and went with Auburn. Ooh. Tyler? <laughs> I, I went with Washington too. Um, you know, I think Washington's going to have one of the best defenses this year. Um, Derek, I, I definitely see that Auburn thing, um, but ultimately, I think Washington needs to win this game a little bit more. I like Washington's defense. Uh, Auburn might be the third best team in the SEC, but I, I think Washington, if they're going to make the playoff, they need this signature win. You know. I agree. I got Washington also, but you know their defense is going to be good, returning nine starters on defense. But they also have eight uh, returning offensive starters, including Jake Browning, uh, great quarterback, and then they have Miles Gaskin at running back. Another, he's probably the second best running back out of the Pac-12 behind Bryce Love. They return like four out of five offensive linemen. That is going to be a stacked offense. They're going to be a force to reckon with. Auburn, they're replacing a lot on their offensive line, so they're going to be losing a lot there. I like Washington. Uh, next game, H, we're going to start with you here. Michigan at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is favored by one in this game. Yeah. I just don't like Notre Dame, so i got to go with <laughs> get on this one. I, it's completely biased. It has no base in anything, so. Tyler, <laughs> not a terrible pick. Um, I, I do like Michigan this season. I think they're a really good team, but I think Notre Dame is is a real deal this year. I, I do got Notre Dame winning this game. 
Um, I, I didn't have Michigan ultimately in my top three of the Big Ten, and if they win this game, I'm going to backpedal like Tristan Jebbia did out of Nebraska. So, uh, uh, I, But I am going to ultimately go with Notre Dame. Derek? Oh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the, the uh, home team has won the last four games of, the, of this series. Uh, I'm still not convinced that Michigan is going to be great on offense. Their defense, is, again, is going to be stellar. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Harbaugh fan. I don't think he's a great coach. I think this is probably the second most overhyped team in the Big Ten right now. And I I think Notre Dame is probably a little overhyped too, but I think they're a little less overhyped than Michigan. So I went with Notre Dame. Home team wins. I have Michigan in this, and it's not because I hate Notre Dame, which I do, but I just think Michigan's defense, I think they're going to be good enough to get it done here. And uh, they'll, they'll shut them down. <clears throat> All right, Tyler, next game here, number eight, Miami. Three-and-a-half-point favorites over LSU. This game is in Arlington. Uh, neutral field, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I think both these teams have similar level of talent, but I think there is a huge coaching disparity. Um, I, I like Mark Richt. Um, and, and go, I think Miami's going to win this game. Derek? Ed Orgeron reminds me of the water boy defensive corner. I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's terrible. I think he's going to be fired after this season. And I think that Miami probably wins this game pretty big. AJ? I went the opposite way. I went with LSU on this game. I I don't really have a lot of reasoning behind it. I live closer to LSU. I had a good time in New Orleans a few years back, and uh, that's about my reasoning going with LSU on this game. I looked up. There you go. I have Miami in this game also. I think this is a game where uh, Mark Rick can really make a statement against an SEC team, and I would not be shocked if they win by two touchdowns in this game. LSU. Offensively, sure, they've got uh, Burroughs there at quarterback. But, Tyler, you said it. Ed Orgeron, man, not a good coach. Uh, Derek, it's your turn. Number 20, Virginia Tech at Florida State. Uh, Florida State is seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't like Florida State in this one. I really don't. I know it's at home. I don't like Willie Taggart. I don't think he's a great coach. I don't like that pickup for Florida State. Uh, I like I li- I really like Justin Fuente. I think he's a good coach. Uh, they they return about the same amount of players. Uh, I, I just I think Virginia Tech. If you want to call it an upset, I guess you have to call it an upset since they're dogs by seven and a half. But I, I took Virginia Tech. I think they come into Florida State and stun them. AJ, how'd you see this one? Yeah, again, hometown favorite. I, I, I got to go with FSU. I even lived in Tallahassee for a little bit. I know they're going through a lot of changes, but I've always been an FSU fan. Ooh, bite your tongue, dude. Come on, man. Uh, Tyler? Um, I am also going to go with Florida State in this game. I, I think, you know, going down there is going to be a tough place to play. Um, you know, there's a seven-and-a-half-point spread in this game, and I think uh, it, Virginia Tech will cover. I think it is going to be a really close game. Maybe the game of the weekend, uh, that or the Washington-Auburn game, but I think this will be a close game, but Florida State ultimately pulls it out. Yeah, I like Florida State as well. And, you know, Tyler, I agree. I think Virginia Tech does cover that seven-and-a-half. Florida State, they just ultimately they have too many playmakers on offense there to uh, you know skate by that Virginia Tech defense. Uh, all right, here is our game of the week. Akron at Nebraska. Last night when we were talking about this, the line was 24 and a half. I checked tonight before we recorded. It is now up to 26. So that line keeps going up. Tyler, we're going to start with you. What are your thoughts on this Akron-Nebraska matchup? Justin, you kind of took a little sail on my boat. I think um, first quarter is a good quarter for Nebraska. We get off to an early start, but we kind of pamper. I think it's a like, Pretty close game going into the fourth quarter. We pull it out. I got Nebraska winning 34 to 14. That is close. Derek. I have a bold, I have a not so bold prediction here. 
either Nebraska wins big and everybody overreacts says we're going to be we're back we're back we won by fifty points we're back or we're going to win by ten points and everybody's going to overreact and say oh we're going to lose every game this year because Akron held us close. Don't be a Jebbia and quit on your team. All right, Drake. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think we're bigger. I think we're stronger. I think we're faster. I think we have a better coach. And I, I don't see Akron even making this a game at all. I, I think we end up winning 52-17. 52-17. AJ, what do you have? Uh, well, I had originally written down uh, 42-14, but I think it might be a little bit closer than that. Uh, I was thinking 35-14, and the only reason I thought that was when I was looking up Akron's stats. They seem to do a lot of scoring even when they were crushed. So I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a bad team, probably. Uh, but And we have no idea what the Huskers are walking into this season. I All positive thoughts. I love the Huskers. I want them to do great. I just don't know what the score is going to be like. So my off-the-wall pick right now is 35-14. All right. Good pick. Good pick, Derek. Or AJ. Jeez. Get your cousin straight, man. All right. Uh, I'm kind of like on board. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think that Akron defense is good enough to keep it close in the beginning. But that Akron offense, I don't think they can stay on the field long enough to give their defense a good break. Uh, I think we wear out that defense. And by the second half, it'll be a good old stomping like uh, what what we had known once. And I think the Huskers, they run away with it in the second half. I say Huskers win fifty-one to ten. Good pick, Justin. Good pick. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, Justin, you're still the optimist of the bunch. I thought Derek was going to take that title from you, but uh, nope. You, you still surprised me. Hey, so. I'm an eternal optimist, and you know what? I will be right this weekend because Akron cannot hang with Nebraska. Mark my words. All right, All right AJ. Any final thoughts before we let you out of here? Oh, I love listening to you guys. Glad you're doing this. Oh, we appreciate having you on, and hopefully we can see each other soon. Uh, so take care, my friend. Thank you. You all have a good one. All right. Uh, so we are now going to introduce a new segment that we have for this season. We're going to call it the Let It Rides uh, segment. In this segment, we are going to bet a line on a game And each week, we are going to roll, if we win, we're going to roll that money over and over and over. So we're going to start with $3 today. If we win, it'll be approximately $6 minus juice. Uh, And it just keeps on doubling and doubling and doubling. So what we're going to do with this money, uh, we're going to keep half of it to pay for podcasting fees and the expenses that we have to do. But the other half, which is the most important part, is we're going to donate the other half to charity. We don't know which charity we're going to donate it to, and that's where you come in, listeners. If you have any ideas on a good charity to give this money to, hopefully we win some money, let us know. Uh, Give us feedback, and we'll consider all possible charities, and we will donate to that charity. So for this week, opening week, we are actually going to pick a game that we just talked about a little bit earlier, and that is the Miami... uh, line over LSU. Three and a half points. This is the one of the few games that we all agreed on, and we think Miami over LSU, three and a half, is the best bet. Uh, Derek, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, 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 sorry. That was Ed Orgeron speaking again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, don't, I just don't like Ed Orgeron. I don't think he's a good, great coach. I think, he's a, I think he's a good position coach. I just don't think he's a good head coach. And I just, Mark Richt is going to tear him up, I think. Tyler, final thoughts on the Miami LSU? You know, I, I will say this. I think this is going to be a fun segment this year because the three of us agreeing is going to be really hard to do. Um, I, I'm not going to say I got outvoted in this one, but I definitely am not as confident in them. But hopefully I'm trusted in my older cousins and uh, the, they're not wrong, which probably is not a good sign for our charity right now. So, uh, but no, this should be a fun segment this year. Uh, looking forward to it. All right. With that being said, it's time for last call. It's our favorite segment. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. So, 
a lot has happened in college football since the last time we talked, but one of the big pieces of news is uh, we have not addressed is that Urban Meyer's suspension has been rolled. He is a, suspended for three games. And while that is huge news out of Ohio State, the biggest news is Zach Smith has apparently gone off the deep end. I mean, this guy right now has his mom on Facebook and Twitter cussing out and saying Urban Meyer's not a good Christian, and he's posting pictures of his kids saying, poor me. He has gone full Charlie Sheen. Full yeah. Charlie Sheen right now, and it's gone crazy. That is a great reference right there. That is exactly what is going on. But first, back to you, Derek. What are your thoughts on that? It is what it is. This situation, he, he needed to be fired. He's fired. I, I think that should have been the end of it. I think people are overreacting as far as the rest of it. Really? I mean, his tweets, I mean, these are, this is like mad tweets from a madman. I mean, this is somebody that is completely emotionally unstable. This guy is out of his fucking rocker. Oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it, but that's now, okay. Back it up. Just back keep it on, up. Damn keep it, on rolling. Keep on Damn rolling. It, Justin, keep on rolling. One F bomb. Keep on us. rolling. We'll we'll bleep it later, maybe. But no, this guy is off his rocker, guys. I can't believe the stuff that he's putting on Twitter, and he's kind of using his children. Oh my god, it, it's it's crazy. I, it just doesn't phase me. I don't care about this guy. Like this guy means nothing to me. He won't like, go away though. He will not go away. He's already gone puts, away. Like, oh, I don't think about this. Guy. Like, I would have never even thought about this whole situation had Tyler not brought it up. True that, I guess. All right, last call to you then, Derek. So you want to talk about a bad person. How about DJ Douchebag Durkin? <laughs> I mean, come on. If, if anybody needs to be fired, this is the guy who needs to be fired. And his... And his uh, his uh, strength and conditioning coach who was already fired probably ought to be brought up on charges for killing a kid that he overworked. There, there are so many bad things going on there at Maryland. I kind of had high hopes for that team. Like I thought, I mean, I didn't think they were going to make it to the top tier by any stretch of imagination, but they seemed like they were heading in the right direction. They were getting good recruits. They were, I, I, and I don't know how. After some of the stories, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the stories because the language is just a little too vulgar for, for what has been said by these coaches, but this guy needs to go. And, I, and I can't, I'm just extremely surprised at the fact that he has not been fired already. Tyler? Well, you know, it's funny about this is like, this is like the opposite stance that Derek was. Derek was the old man. Back in my day, kids didn't take it so hard about five minutes ago. And now he's like, well, we got to make sure we pamper these kids. Uh, on all seriousness, knows what happened in Maryland was really, really sad for the family. But um, I, I, I am on a different side as Derek. I, I think that this has kind of got blown up a little bit too much in the media. Well, I tell you what, as far as the media goes, I mean, they are just thanking Zach Smith and the Ohio State stuff going on because it is keeping everything at Maryland just to like a minor footnote in the college football news right now. Uh, all of that Ohio State stuff is definitely making this Maryland stuff look small, which it shouldn't be because it costs a human life. So, uh Derek, I kind of agree with you. Well, not kind of. I, I do agree with you about the DJ, Derek, and that, that guy does not need to be coaching. But last call to me, and I'm going to bring it back to Nebraska a little bit. We now know that uh, the 2022 to 25 uh, schedule has been released, and we get four years of Michigan on this. That is going to be some awesome football for us. It seems like it's been forever since we've played Michigan which it really has. Uh, and we'll go to Michigan in 2022 and 2024. Maybe we can do a cousin's trip to Ann Arbor. I think that would be awesome. Uh, we should get on with that. And also, we also found out that the Black Friday game against Iowa will return in 2022, which I love the uh, Black Friday game. Derek? The Black Friday game is great. Uh, I, I I like the Michigan game. Just please, can we get over the ninety-seven year? Like, let's not bring this up every single year that we play these guys. I don't want to talk about this for the next four years or for that four years. I really don't. 
Chatter. And your answer there was wrong, Derek. We will talk about that year every chance we get because Nebraska was the rightful national championship, damn it. <laughs> and go Huskers, go Scott Frost, and screw you, Charles Woodson. Damn right. All right, let's get out of here, guys. It's game week. Lots of football to be watched this weekend, starting Thursday night, which is tomorrow night. Uh, Northwestern Purdue, huge game. Make sure you're watching that. But be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify, and HuskerHype.com. All feedback is welcome. Maybe you like our show. Maybe you hate it. Let us know. Help us out and share this episode. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red!